I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in second hour of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show starts right now. And um, we wanted to... Bring you up to speed here with the latest um, on this just awful shooting that occurred uh, in Allen, Texas, uh, at the mall over the weekend. Allen Premium Outlets. Nine people were killed. And um, here, here is what we know as we speak to you. Because then we want to get into some of the analysis. Uh, it's the second deadliest mass shooting in the U.S. this year. Um the gunman killed eight people, including three children. And so, I'm sorry. So when they said uh, nine dead, pardon me, I was reading here from the New York Times headline on this. That includes, just so everyone's clear, the uh, shooter. And I, I always feel like that's just that life doesn't matter the way the others obviously mattered. But they put the numbers together. Um, gunfire up to 3.30 p.m. local time. And the police responded figure was wearing uh, all black and uh, here's what we know about him i won't say his name because uh clay has convinced me that the data shows that the saying the name is something that other shooters future shooters think about i don't know if that's just you know how we really test that out and i'm not sure it really stops anything either way but there's no reason that we'd have to say the name right now so we can just say we know who he is 33 year old guy and they think he espoused white supremacist ideology. Um, this is according to the Times a few hours ago. It was not known if the shooting was an act of domestic terrorism. I, I keep wanting to remind everybody that whether it's domestic terrorism or not is not just something that is an official. You can decide based on the fact pattern yourself because this can become very political. Um, so we know that this individual is is a Hispanic male. Um, we know that there's some uh, 
stuff floating around online that has not really been uh, verified yet, Clay, that suggests that he had uh, like neo-Nazi tattoos and and all the rest of it. Here is, though, I, I think it's interesting how this turns into that you can be according. This is this is the view, and I know usually we're talking about the view in a um, in a sense of pure mockery, but this is a very serious subject, and they're weighing in on it. So I'm going to take their analysis seriously. Here is a host on The View saying that being Hispanic or black does not mean you can't be a white supremacist. Play three. We all have to remember that the head of the Proud Boys, his name is Enrique Tarrio. The Proud Boys is a white nationalist group. Look, being Hispanic or being black does not, or being anything, does not make you immune from being racist, from being radicalized, from being a white supremacist, from being evil, from being homicidal. And we are seeing it over and over again. There are people, you know, they, they don't see themselves as what they are. Okay, Clay. So I, I want everyone to understand, this is now the line for this week. This will change, I can assure you. But we remember with George Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin, they created this narrative of the of the white Hispanic, which is not a term that I have really heard. I know on some census stuff it'll it'll appear, but you heard it more in that week than you had ever heard it before in the history of the United States media. Okay, white Hispanic was everything that you know, and it was because you know it was George Zimmerman, and I do believe that also the last name played into this. If his name was you know George Rodriguez or George Lopez or George you know something that was Hispanic, they would have had a harder time making this case. But that was the case that they made at the time. All right. So now they're saying that you can be a white supremacist even if you are black or you are Hispanic. Um, what's interesting, though, Clay, is the left in this country does not believe, as you know, that racism is possible, that, that you cannot be a racist if you are black or if you are Hispanic or if you are Native American because of intersectional hierarchy in our society. So how does any of this then, how does this even hold together how does this make sense so you can be a racist white supremacist as a black guy but if you are a black guy or hispanic guy you can't actually be considered a racist against white people right this is this is where the whole thing starts to fall apart how does it make any sense this is where identity politics has to be destroyed and i wish there were a republican candidate running for national office that would just come out and say what you just said but take it head on there are white, Hispanic, Asian, and black racists. And we know this to be true, right? There are members, by which I mean there are members of all four of those racial groups that believe that their race is superior to other races and that they are in an identity politics-fueled struggle that is based on race and class. And what happens is when we have these, uh, these incidents... If there is anything racist about, for instance, the I believe it was in Waukesha, right? The the guy who drove through and mowed down sixty some odd people in a Christmas parade. We were never told the motive there, by the way. Correct. We were never told that it was anti white hatred, which is what everyone thought from the very beginning, based on the guy's past, what he had said, what he had posted. But when they don't like the motive, Clay, just like in Nashville. They delay the motive until everyone forgets. Or just don't even allow it to be covered. Because anything other than a white person taking aim against a minority is not considered to be racist in America. And this ties in 
with a study that I saw being shared, Buck, that I actually flagged because I thought it was so interesting. Do you know what percentage of uh, the stories focused on racist, racists, and racism in the New York Times from 2010 to 2020 compared to the amount of racists and racism they wrote about in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, how much in the early I mean, 2000s? How much I've more read, racism? Yeah, I've read analyses of this in the past. It's basically a 10x jump, right? Yes. Something along those lines. 10x, all of a sudden, racist, white nationalist appeared 10 times as much. All of a sudden, in the New York Times, the LA Times, the Washington Post, all of them, even the Wall Street Journal, skyrocketed in the amount that they started referring to racism, racists, and everything associated with it. And a lot of you out there feel this. You understand it. Um, Because in the 1970s, whatever you might think, I think it's fair to say there were more racists in America in the 1970s than there are today, right? I mean, traditional racist people making choices based on the race. But what happened is... They all tried to label everything racist from like 2010 to 2020. And now the new pivot buck is racism as a result of being applied to everything has lost much of its power. And they've now had to elevate beyond racism to white supremacy, which I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember anybody talking about white supremacists for my entire life growing up. I don't believe, I mean this honestly, that I've ever met a real white supremacist in my life. It's it's actually, you're, you're 100% correct on that transformation, and it's even more dishonest and more, it's manipulative, right? This is propaganda. This is meant to manipulate the minds of the American people who are susceptible to it. They went from racism to white supremacy and white nationalism, Because those have militant terrorist undertones. But with the term white supremacy uh, specifically, because of what you just pointed out, when was the last time you saw a a, a neo-Nazi skinhead walking down the street and thinking, I mean, let's be honest, you you get your butt kicked in basically every city in America if you walked around with as as an actual skinhead the way they were in uh, American History X, right? You go back to that movie. Um, And yet... What they did was they expanded the definition of white supremacy. This was an an active campaign by the New York Times and CNN and all the rest to include anything that lacked equity in society. They expanded, you know, they'll make the argument that the, uh, the, first first of all, judicial system, white supremacist. You'll hear them talk about this. Yeah. That it upholds white supremacy. The education system is white supremacist. Everything all of a sudden, the same way they did with racism. So not only do they change to this much more frightening concept and, and definitionally this much more, um, you know, concerning elevation, they expanded the usage of it to it's white supremacy now doesn't just mean skinheads who want to harm people on their skin color because there's very few of those people and they're going to get their asses kicked anywhere in America. It's now anything they find unequal in society they call white supremacy. And what I would build on with this too, Buck, is If this were such a prominent political group, can you even name a prominent white supremacist? No. Like people might say David Duke because they go back to the 80s and 90s whenever that guy was ascendant. But if this were such a powerful group of people in the United States, you would be able to point to someone who is 
the head of the white supremacy movement and point to some political power that they have. The reality is racists, like actual racists, are probably the least powerful people in America today. The white racist lives in a uh, trailer park, by and large, has almost no economic resources, has almost no ability to impact anything in their life. So this idea, this boogeyman that has been created of this white supremacist power structure is actually the opposite. Buck, in fact, if you even utter anything that could be remotely racist, by and large, and you work at a big company... You get fired immediately, Yes. even if you're not doing it at work. If you go on Facebook and share something remotely connected to racism, your ability to even earn a living in this country almost virtually ceases to exist. And it's it's fascinating um, to watch the way as well that this this now this is being used as an opportunity by Democrats to say things that anybody who's not brainwashed in the lib audience would know is absurd all right here here is joy reed over on msnbc who is putting out there that you know in red states it's just not safe to go to a mall a restaurant or a nightclub is it question mark play one is it safe to go to the mall in a red state what about a restaurant or a nightclub what's your likelihood of getting shot over the weekend seven people were shot and one killed during a cinco de mayo party in mississippi four people were shot at a nightclub in virginia and then in allen texas on saturday a man pulled up to the allen premium outlets mall got out of his car with an ar-15 style assault weapon and opened fire this is what america is now everywhere but especially in red states per the cdc the states with the highest gun death rates are all red states with the exception okay. of new mexico while okay. the lowest gun death rates are found in blue states okay. but let's face let's, it, we let's, are let's talk let's talk about this first let's talk about this for a second in those red states where is 90 percent of the violence happening in democrat controlled cities with a democrat biden voting population yeah that's where all the violence is actually occurring. Statistically, interesting also, she left out, you know, Illinois and Chicago. And she calls Virginia a red state, which, by the way, is pushing it a little bit. Um, but it's, this, but this is just an obvious lie because the MSNBC audience likes to sit at home and think, yeah, it's so dangerous to be in a red state. No, it's dangerous to be in a Democrat city run by Democrats with too many Democrat voters. That's who's shooting everybody. That's where the violence is. Yeah, and my home state of Tennessee is a perfect example of that. Memphis is one of the most dangerous cities in America. Memphis is the only part of the state of Tennessee that is 100% totally and completely in control by Democrats. And it is a killing field, unfortunately. Rest of the state of Tennessee, now Nashville a little bit wobbly at times, depending on how you define the larger Nashville area, but if you took Memphis and gave it to Mississippi or Arkansas, the rates of violent crime in the state of Tennessee would vanish. The Democrats are the ones doing the killings. I mean, this would, this is why they can't have, for example, you or me on MSNBC. And, you know, cause I would sit there, I'd say, okay, Joy, Joy Reid, yes, red states, the people who live in, you know, Colleen, Texas, and, and the people who live in, you know, Chattanooga, Tennessee, they're so terrified. Okay. Let's look where the violence is actually happening. Let's look at the most violent cities. Which is where statewide, 90% in these states of the violence is happening in urban areas. 
Who controls Memphis? Who controls St. Louis? Who controls Baltimore? Who controls Oakland? Who controls uh, New Orleans? Who controls Chicago? Go down the list. Yeah. Without exception, these are enclaves of Democrat voters with Democrat administrations. Another doing the, is it safe to go to a red state to go to a movie? I mean, it's just such, it's such intellectual dishonesty, but I mean, maybe that elevates the discourse beyond what MSNBC is even capable of anyway. So you can destroy the argument by pointing to Democrat cities. You can also destroy the argument by pointing to where people are moving. People are overwhelmingly moving to red states. If you really felt like you can't go to a movie and not get murdered, I don't think people would be moving here in massive numbers, which is why the 2030 census, I'm just putting it on your horizon, is going to be transformative in many ways from a political perspective because blue states and blue cities are going to be losing a ton of their power and it's moving to red states, and it's probably going to accelerate over the next several years, I think. You know, inflation and prices, they keep going up, and this banking crisis is a big deal. I mean, I was just looking today at a podcast where a guy was talking about how, you know, hey, maybe time to think about Bitcoin again, because at least the Bitcoin bankers can't mess everything up, right? I mean, it's crazy out there, but there are other options I want you to think about, things you can do that are steady, that are secure, that make sense. The Phoenix Capital Group says the time to diversify your investments is right now. They recommend high-value U.S. oil and gas investments. That's real stuff, tangible assets. And they give you current yields that range from 8% to 12% APY, and it's paid monthly. That's a better rate of return than banks or CDs with no middleman. They're both Regulation A-plus and Regulation D corporate bond offerings with different maturities, qualifications, and rates. So these are bonds. This is the secure stuff that you know is out there that... You should really consider. There's a 9% APY starting at a $5,000 investment that's open to all investors. Download the Phoenix Group's free investor guide today at phxonair.com. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Learn how you can diversify your investments and earn 8 to 12% APY. Download the Phoenix Group's free investor guide today at phxonair.com. Don't miss a day of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D.
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us um, as uh, we are breaking down a lot of the stories out there in general, rolling through the Tuesday edition of the program. I want to give you a little bit of a uh, tease for where we're going in about 30 minutes because uh, we got a short segment here. Buffalo Bills had a punter. Um, this punter's from San Diego State. I think we're number one in San Diego. A lot of you out there are listening. We're also basically number one in Buffalo, so this is a crossing-the-country story that impacts two big markets. Um, they released him. They released him because of an allegation of sexual assault that was made by a girl who went to a party featuring San Diego State football players. All of the evidence is now in... It appears that she has lied completely about this story. This guy was kicked off the football team. His name was dragged through the mud. ESPN attacked him, savaged him. Buck, they haven't covered the vindication at all. How do stories like these happen and what should happen when lies are uncovered? We're going to talk about it. Let's get into it. Now, some of the most cunning criminals these days never leave their keyboards. They're cyber hackers who have figured out how to steal from people online without fear of running into them and being caught. Thank goodness there's LifeLock. Their systems sift through hundreds of millions of online transactions. LifeLock looks for patterns of illegal activity in your name, and when they spot it, they're in touch with you immediately. That's when you verify if there's an issue or not. If you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist will work to fix it. Look, I'm a LifeLock subscriber. I found a big issue when I went to close on a house, and guess what? LifeLock helped me resolve it. It was so important. And it's important for you to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. Protect yourself today with LifeLock. You'll get 25% off your first year when you use my name, promo code BUCK. Go to lifelock.com or call 800-LIFELOCK. That's 1-800-L-I-F-E-L-O-C-K. So the border's a mess, and it's going to get messier. And we all know why. Title 42 is going to go away. Really interesting New York Times analysis 
um, just because they're trying to, I think, prepare their audience for what's what's coming here, which is the only way, the only way to deal with this is to do what Trump was doing. I mean, there's nothing else. There's no other way to stop the flow. Everyone has figured out. Um, everyone has figured out that the Biden administration is effectively a wide open door. So when you have that situation, the incentives are what are first and foremost deciding the flow of illegal migrants, right? It's whatever the administration says on TV, whatever Joe Biden's talking points, however they may read, whatever's on the prompter, it doesn't matter. The people that want to skip our legal immigration system, enter the country illegally, lie about how they have a credible fear, um, which apparently there are millions. Of, just, just understand this. The people who are coming into America, if they were true asylum seekers, we would have to prepare ourselves for hundreds of millions of people from around the world to come to America, right? Because anybody could claim to be, oh, there's some, there's high crime in my country. Or, you know, I think I'm oppressed in my country and you come into America. Now, they're supposed to be follow on to that. You go to court. You're supposed to prove it. But that never happens anymore. So the whole thing has turned into a massive, uh, a massive scam such that the only way to stop it going into the election year is to do the things that the Democrats don't want to do and to follow really in the footsteps of Donald Trump. Change the incentive structure. That's why here's Corinne Jean-Pierre who is trying to convince everybody they're doing everything possible to deal with the migration crisis at the border. Play seven. We are confident that with the tools that we have in front of us, that we are doing everything that we can. We have a robust multi-agency plan to humanely manage the border through enforcement, deterrence, and diplomacy. And we're implementing that plan with our regional partners using the few tools we have remaining because, again, Congress has failed to act. Here we go, Clay. Biden said he'd veer from Trump on immigration this was yesterday the new york times the white house memo biden said he'd veer from trump on immigration the reality is more complicated the surge of migrants have helped president biden's policies have shaped president biden's policies at the border in ways that few of his allies imagined was possible when he was running for president clay they're they're setting up for the guys it's not biden's fault he's just He's got to try to fool people by pretending to do the things that he should have done all along here in time for the election. When is AOC going to get down to the border in her all-white outfit and be photographed with her hand on a chain-link fence crying? Is, is, th- is that this week? Is that next week? And here's all I would say, Buck, about my the, what I laid out to start the show. If we have a totally collapsed border, And we're going to have a totally collapsed border. And it's going to be so bad that even MSNBC and CNN and the New York Times and the Washington Post are going to have to cover it. As Bill Malugin said yesterday, credit to Bill Malugin at Fox News, who's been covering the border. It's like he had the whole beat to himself for the last two years, basically. He said the numbers that are being released right now are unlike anything he has ever seen of people coming across the border. And he has been posting... Uh, videos from down along the border just showing the numbers of people, almost all men, by the way, walking just right across our border. Remember when Corinne Jean-Pierre just kind of laughed when 
Peter Ducey said, you know, there's people literally walking across the border. And she was like, ha, 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 they don't do that. They don't walk across the border. Oh, Peter, you're so silly. As if she didn't even understand, which is certainly the case, what was going on there. Imagine this, Buck, going on Friday. It's going to be the worst southern border probably that any of us have seen in our lives. You've got crime at all-time highs in the 21st century. You've got inflation at 40-year highs. You've got war between Ukraine and Russia. What can you point to and not say is a disaster right now? Though I got the debt ceiling coming. I feel like, again, maybe I'm just crazy. I feel like the fix is in, Buck, and this Hunter Biden uh, in indictment is going to drop, and suddenly overnight there's going to be a pivot to, oh my goodness, Biden can't be the nominee. It feels like the Washington Post releasing on the weekend, you know when you have an album about to drop and you're doing all the promo for it and getting ready for it? It feels like the Biden can't be the nominee album is about to drop and all of the groundwork is being laid and this could happen in the next week to 10 days. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe some of you out there are like, there's no way this is going to happen. But it just feels like the layering is coming here and the border is going to be a key piece because for all the things that Biden has done that are so bad, Buck, arguably where he polls the worst already before these numbers even come out, arguably where he polls the worst is on the border. Well, that's because he came into office. Remember, there was this, there was this, this, uh, you know, dishonesty around Biden. For one, one of the problems that they had, uh, when Trump was running against Biden was, trying to hammer him for the 1994 crime bill in a year where crime was going out of control. That was a bad strategy, okay? The one good thing that Biden had done in his Senate career was to be a, you know, a lead or sponsor on the 1994 crime bill. And people wanted that bill at the time because there was way too much violent crime and all crime really across America. So uh, he is not the defund police thing, which was a Democrat party uh, reality didn't that didn't lay a glove on Biden that yeah. didn't hurt him at all in 2020 right um, now on the border he's not really associated with the border very much he came into office though he came into office and reversed immediately and said he would do it would be so different from Donald Trump so he created that understanding of separation and also changed uh, changed policy directives and then allowed Pretty much now six million. I mean, no one knows even what the actual, but it's in. It's at least five or six million yes. people to enter the country legally, and you have Democrat mayors of cities like New York and Chicago, or the former mayor of Chicago, saying, "Please stop sending these migrants to us. They need far too much in the way of resources. They cannot contribute to the economy. They cannot speak English or read in any language. They cannot get the jobs that you need to be able to compete in a modern American economy." Now that's painting with a broad brush but this is what the democrat mayors are saying yeah they're saying we can't afford this so i'm just i'm just relaying the message from democrats to democrats that's a big problem for joe biden when the mayor of new york city is saying biden you got to turn off the faucet we can't handle the flow that's a big problem no and and that's why it's going to be impossible not to cover and this is why i believe again you can say I'm crazy, but I feel like the fix is in 
based on the timing of how all of these things are coming down. Because don't don't underestimate that Washington Post poll. That was a holy crap moment for a lot of Democrats in Washington, D.C. when they got their link to that Washington Post poll and they looked through it and digested it and it showed Trump up six or seven points. And for everybody out there, I know there's a lot of you, who say, well, I don't trust any polling. Okay, I understand. Trump never led in any Washington Post poll going into the 2020 election. From the moment you had Biden versus Trump, Biden led every Washington Post poll. And now suddenly Trump's up six or seven? That is a holy crap moment because the story that Biden has been selling, the entire basis for his candidacy is he is the guy who can beat Trump. If Trump's beaten Biden then there's a panic setting in because next year there's no way Kamala Harris, if she had to step in, is beating Trump. Trump might beat Kamala by 10 points. I I, I mean that honestly. I think we could have a as close to a 1984-style drubbing as we could see in modern American politics if we had Trump versus Kamala. And Democrats know that. And so if they're going to replace Biden, now is the time where they got to give him the hook. Buck, they can't call him out in the ninth inning when you're already down eight runs. Right now, bases are loaded, and you're up one run, and they're looking around, and they're like, do we want Biden's jello arm out here to try to close out this game? And the phone call's been made to the bullpen, and I feel like the relief pitchers are up and scrambling. I really feel like that's where we are. I think a lot of guys in this audience are asking themselves the same question I'm asking myself. What am I getting for my mom for Mother's Day? What am I getting even worse? Got to be responsible for your wife, too, if you got young kids. That's where a lot of people out there forget. Buck, you haven't had to experience this yet. When you are responsible for mom, you've gotten used to that over the years. Take care of mom for Mother's Day. When you have the young kids, suddenly you're fighting a two-fronted war. You got to take care of mom, and you got to take care of your wife because the kids are too young to be able to do it. That's why Legacy Box makes such an incredible difference. Legacy Box, world's best at digitally transferring your family's memories from videotape, all other types of media, onto easy-to-use computer files that last forever. Mother's Day is this weekend. Were you aware? It's Sunday. I'm giving all of you a warning out there. Mother's Day is Sunday. You can order a specially made shipping box aptly called a legacy box you fill it with all the items you want digitally preserved forever vhs tapes audio cassettes super 8 film reels print photos you name it their team of technicians down in my mom's hometown in chattanooga tennessee they take everything by hand and then they will preserve it forever and then they ship back to you all of the originals with all of your brand new digital files. Such a thoughtful Mother's Day gift. You'll be your mom's favorite if you do this, and it'll help you get out of the doghouse if you are married and the wife hasn't been very happy with some of the Mother's Day gifts that you've given over the years. Get started now. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Clay for the best Mother's Day sale ever. 60% off. I'm trying to take care of everybody. LegacyBox.com slash Clay. That's LegacyBox.com slash Clay. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Stay current with what Clay and Buck are saying on TV. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. 
Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. The podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show, uh, rolling through the second hour of the uh, of the show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. A lot of different stories out there that are uh, that are percolating, but um, as we said, border about to be a disaster, the likes of which we haven't seen ever, maybe in many of our lives. And uh, the Hunter Biden story continuing to float around out there. I also wanted to play this because it's interesting, Buck. We've talked about the Tucker controversy and the way that that has gone down. Some of the people that have come out to speak up for Tucker, I didn't necessarily anticipate, including, how about NFL Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre weighing in on what he feels is unfair treatment uh, that Tucker Carlson is receiving. Listen. Tucker had, I guess, the highest rated show on cable TV, talk show TV. I was on a show about a year ago, and I got to spend a little time with Tucker. And much like yourself, just a genuine good guy. And that also persuaded me to, you know, to, to speak out. 
because I, I really felt like that he was genuine. We, we had dinner the night before. Me and my wife spent some time with he and his crew, and I got the impression that what you see is what you get, and and that's important. So I'm, I'm for the good guys. What I would say here, Buck, in general, and I think this is a good life lesson for everybody, your public and your private life, at some point, no matter what you do for a living, are likely to become intertwined. And what I mean by that, even if you're not a celebrity, celebrities have dealt with this public versus private dichotomy for a long time. One reason that I think people are rallying around Tucker to such an extent is every video that is being leaked about Tucker Carlson from behind the scenes privately that were not these videos that were not anticipated we would ever see. Everybody's watching him being like, yeah, Tucker's pretty much the same guy that he is on television as he was in his private life. The public and the private are not diametrically opposed. I think that's true to a large extent for both of us, Buck, which is why I don't really worry. I have a public profile when I'm at college football games, everything else. What are you really going to say about me? that's different than what I would say on the radio show, I think Tucker is that way too, makes it really hard to attack someone when they are their authentic selves. I mean, it's it reminds me of when I was meeting some of Clay's um, really uh, lovely and friendly fellow Franklinians or Franklinites, and about two or three minutes of the conversation, it's a beautiful scene, we're out there in the grass, there are bands playing, their booze is flowing, not Bud Light, the booze is, by the way, Clay made the Daily Mail with his Bud Light video, everyone. We're going to have to put this up at clayandbuck.com so everyone can see. So go to clayandbuck.com. You'll see he had this video that he took of the Bud Light um, cooler. Well, one was a cooler of Bud Light and one was other beers to see. And no one drank any of the Bud Light. No Bud Light was being consumed at this event. And we didn't tell any. It just was the choice that everybody made. Um, but as I was talking to your 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 neighbors out there in Tennessee, I a couple times I caught myself because I was like, the southern border and the second amendment and biden and i'm like i'm I'm sorry we're it's a lovely day here i need to stop so we're the same all the time folks for good for good or for worse for better or for and, worse and i think that's an instructive lesson because i think a lot about this with my kids and i'm sure you do as well with social media and what they're putting out there into the world it's hard to get blown up if you are as you profess to be, both privately and publicly. But I think, again, people in the public eye have had to think about this for a long time. But one of the biggest changes I would say that's occurred in the last six, seven, ten years is everybody's now in the public eye. You can go from totally anonymous to suddenly number one story on Daily Mail, Fox News, CNN.com in the space of about 30 minutes. So are you prepared? Are you living your life in a way that if that were to occur, people would, that know you, mostly say, oh, that's the person that, that I know? If the answer is yes, that's the ultimate armor. I really yeah. think it is. The only, the only safety in this era we all live in, folks, is truth and authenticity. If you just speak the truth and you are who you are all the time, it doesn't really matter. And it's true of people in media, but it's true in, in all of our uh, all of our lives, uh, all the way that we act. And, uh, you know, unless you want to be a leftist, the, the benefit of being a leftist is you get to promote things publicly that privately you hate. You get to do things that you say other people shouldn't do. 
that's the upside. Yes. You know? It's like a Beelzebub style. You know, you just get to kind of make it up as you go along. No doubt. When we come back, Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports is going to join us. Huge story almost no one is talking about. I just talked about public versus private. What happens when you are accused of a heinous crime? When you are a football player and you're accused of gang raping a girl at a party? You lose your job. Everybody says you should be in jail. And then it turns out she lied about all of it. How does that play out? Our story next. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 